Representative Fry, thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me out, Tim. And by the way, uh, now, I, this is an odd thing to say. You're now in the majority party, at least as far as the Athens delegation is concerned. The results of those special elections back in November. You're joined by a couple of Democrats who will be taking their seats over there, Deborah Gonzalez, Jonathan Wallace. And now suddenly, three of the five members of the local legislative delegation, the entire House delegation, you're all Democrats. Does that matter? Well, you know, as far as um, Athens is concerned, I don't think it matters very much. We're going to try to do the same thing that we've always done and uh, work together as a team and try to get things that the people in Athens and Oconee would like to see done. You know, I mean, it's just going to be the same business as usual. Hopefully we can maintain the same great relationships we had collectively. Um, we worked really well together for a long time, and I think uh, Jonathan and Deborah will do a good job of that. Any number of issues, and I'm sure we'll focus on several of them as we move along here. Uh, what's big for you in terms of the Spencer Fry agenda, to the extent that there is one? What, what's on your mind? Well, you know, there's a couple of pieces of legislation that I'm pretty excited about. Um, one is that was we introduced it uh, this year. I'm co-sponsoring a piece of legislation called the Georgia Stewardship Act. Um, that would be a for the first time in the history of the state, a dedicated funding stream for the purposes of um, uh, saving our natural resources and investing in um, buying land around military bases, getting stream buffers, river buffers, waterways for uh, public use, and also gopher tortoise habitat, which is a big deal. More down in South Georgia, we have a couple of gopher tortoises right. over in uh, Bear Hollow, if you want to go see what one looks like. But um, this would take an existing tax. It wouldn't raise tax. You know, that's we, one of the things you and I agree on. We're not going to add a new tax to anything. We're going to take, hopefully, if we can get it worked out, a portion of the existing sales tax on outdoor recreational equipment, like I call it hooks and bullets, mm -hmm. fishing gear, right. uh, hunting stuff. And... Um, that will have to be a constitutional amendment. So we got to get it through the House. Two-thirds majority. Two-thirds majority. We're going to have to move forward with the uh, get it through the Senate on two-thirds. And then it would be on the ballot in November. But I think it's extremely exciting to see that this could be the very first dedicated funding stream for conservation in the history of the state. Uh, Speaker David Ralston, some of his remarks yesterday, we're talking with Spencer Fry, state rep Democrat from here in Athens. Uh, he mentioned that uh, it's no longer a question, let's see if I can get the quote exactly right here, no longer a question of whether, it's more a question of when and how we're getting around to transit uh, in, in terms of the level of commitment and, and what it might look like. But he says transit is something that is going to have to be addressed uh, at the legislative level now, whether that means, and I don't know what he means, maybe you do, you talk about MARTA, talking about something else. What do we mean here? Well, you know, I can't say what the speaker means by that statement, except for the fact that um, we have been working and meeting together as a body in the House to address these issues. And transit is a big deal. You know, I've been working on trying to get 316 on the 10-year plan with GDOT to get it done in 10 years. I mean, that road was started like 65 years ago. Um, that needs to be limited access. I mean, when you're driving from Atlanta to Athens, not only do you see a bunch of traffic, but you see nothing but woods up and down the side of the road, which means there's nothing there. And why is there nothing there? Because no business is going to try to locate on a 316 with all the stoplights there. I mean, you can't really do anything with that road. So um, that's an issue. Moving the folks around Atlanta is an issue. You know, we've got the busiest, one of the busiest ports in the nation, the best two ports in the nation. We've got the busiest airport on the planet. 
the third leg of the stool to make this state an international commodity is going to be some sort of a transit system that we have. I mean, if you look at all the major cities on the planet that are very well-renowned, Paris, Washington, D.C., L.A., I mean, everybody's got a good transit system except for us. And so I think it's great that the speaker is looking forward to uh, figuring out a way we can invest in a transit system around the state. Uh, a more mundane transportation issue. It's being discussed, and I don't know how formally or how, how seriously, we saw what they did in Smyrna this week. The city council up there, a ban on handheld cell phone use behind the wheel. Even as they were passing that ordinance, they're saying that this is something we really shouldn't do. The state should do this. One way or the other, have this adopted at a state level. I mentioned that now just back from Vermont and all the signs up there. You drive it up and down the interstate. Statewide ban of the sort they just imposed or will impose in Smyrna. And first of all, do you agree with the idea? And second, is that something the legislature is likely to pursue? And I do not know if um, how that will be looked at in the legislature. There's people been talking about it, and I think the Smyrna ordinance will definitely have an influence whether somebody would try to create a statewide ordinance for that. There have been there was a, a study committee this summer that was focused on uh, trying to find a solution to that. And I'll tell you, man. Here in Athens, Georgia, I mean, how many times have you driven up next to somebody and they're driving down the loop it's, it's and they're horrifying. texting? It's, it's horrifying. It's scary. And I've got small kids. I mean, you know, they're 9 and 12 now, but a couple years ago I was driving in the minivan. I was on the bridge uh, going on Jefferson Highway crossing the loop, and this young lady was behind me in an SUV barreling towards my children in the back of the van with her phone up, not even looking. And that is, I was looking for an exit strategy <laughs> on how to get the van yeah. out of the way of this SUV. So, well, we've had that law against texting now. It's been on the book since 2014. But it's so hard to enforce because, as you probably know, I mean, in order to, for a police officer to see if you were actually texting, they'd have to get a warrant to get on your phone or have permission to get on your phone. And unless it's related to an actual accident that occurs, you could just say you're answering a phone call. Sure. I mean, it's difficult to say. I am for uh, some sort of solution against the distracted driving that, Apparently, if you're texting, it's supposedly just as bad or worse than you being really drunk and driving. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can, I can honestly believe that. Yeah, I mean, at least if you've been drinking, you're looking at the road mostly. <laughs> you know, I mean, so we'll see about some, that. That's something we definitely need to address as a public safety issue. Um, I wouldn't call that bigger government. I would just say, hey, man, we're going to keep some citizens safe yeah. by doing this. I think maybe the most concerning thing I heard there, cool guy Spencer Fry drives a minivan. He just he just, he just outed himself. No, no, no. Hey, look, I love my minivan, but I did <laughs> trade it in this year. I'm talking with State Rep. Spencer Fry. Session starts Monday. I did any number of things that are out there. And feel free to, again, just chime in with whatever is on your mind legislatively, but, but things that are occurring to a lot of folks. The speaker yesterday, David Ralston, I get the sense uh, he and a lot of other folks i get the center's not as any more appetite for religious liberty legislation than it was last year no i mean that's something that we saw play out in indiana and and you know we've talked about this on the show before i think it specifically uh, it was around last easter when we were discussing it and until there's a big issue we don't need to be addressing that and i I feel like when I go to church, my religious liberty is not being impinged upon in any way. And if my 
religious liberty was ever impinged upon, I would be the first in line to be uh, working on that legislation. Uh, Health care reform, uh, uh, Medicaid expansion, another conversation I'm sure we'll hear there. That you got the same problem you had last year. You don't know what they're going to do in Washington. Have no idea what they're going to do in Washington. I mean, we've already been getting brief from the um, uh, folks that deal with the health care policies about the potential loss of funds for the peach care around the state, which uh, is the health plan for the children in the state. Um, if those a, federal funds were to dry up, what would that do to the program here? Well, that would put a giant hole in that budget, and we'd have to figure out a way to reallocate our funds to address that. Um, I'm not exactly sure how that would be done, but it either we address it in the budgetary process, pull some money from the rainy day fund. I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but or nobody has health care anymore, mm. uh, which turns into the puts a lot of pressure on the emergency rooms where you're looking at folks using the emergency room as their primary care physician. Uh, it costs the system tons more and just backlogs the whole thing. So that's something we're definitely looking at. You know, the rural hospitals closing is a very big issue in Athens, Georgia. We're extremely fortunate to have a couple of really good hospitals. And, you know, I live like three blocks away from one. We had an accident here. We'd be in a hospital in a second. But the reality is if you're down in South Georgia, you may not even get to a hospital for 45, yeah, no, 50 and, minutes. And, and, and never mind the, the hospital, the trauma care situation, the lack thereof. Uh, the, 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 the trauma care centers that are supposed to be or ideally would be within a certain amount of minutes in terms of access. The vast majority, the big swaths of the state outside of the metro Atlanta area, and as you say, fortunately here for us, uh, they're in trouble. They are in trouble. And, and the expansion of Medicaid, when we we're capable of doing it in a way that uh, it would have been 100% funded by the feds, um, would have sent a lifetime, t a lifeline to one of the seven to nine hospitals in rural Georgia that have already closed. So, you know, it's just a, a matter of taking care of our citizenry. Everybody needs good health care. We don't have a health care problem in this state or in this nation. We have an insurance problem in this nation. And until we really address the issue, we're not going to be anywhere closer to solving the problem, and we're going to go in circles. Anything going to happen at all? State Rep. Spencer Fry in studio with us this morning. Session starts Monday. It, 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 it sounds like a broken record. We've had the same conversation with you and every other member of the legislative delegation for years. Uh, we just saw Washington move on tax reform. Uh, any chance Atlanta is going to? Or is there any necessity now that we've got changes in the federal law? Well, you know, there was a piece of legislation that we would uh, – that went through Ways and Means, a committee that I'm on that was going to try to simplify the Georgia tax code. Um, it also uh, created opportunities for lower income folks to have keep more of their money out of their paycheck, which I think would have been a great thing. Um, you know, Tim, because when folks in the lower income bracket, they have extra money in their paycheck, you know what they're going to do with it. They're not going to Hawaii with it. They're not going to on vacation. They're going to spend it back to the Home into Depot, the probably, or yeah. either Home Depot or pay their insurance yeah. bill or pay yeah. their electric bill or their high heat bill after this week. You know, so um, we'll see how that works out. Uh, it did pass the House, and if we can make some 
a few adjustments to it this year. Hopefully we could get it through the Senate, which would simplify the Georgia tax code, but also gives folks some more money in their pocket, which would be a good thing. Uh, State Rep. Alan Peake, the Republican from down there in Macon, uh, no indication that he's going to drop his crusade anytime soon. Uh, he keeps pushing, he'll push again this year for new laws regarding that, that use of cannabis oil, uh, the treatment uh, that, that can be afforded with cannabis oil. The, the challenge is the same as it ever was. You can use it now, you get it in is the problem. I mean, you can't you can't grow the marijuana legally here in Georgia from which to extract it. You can't legally move the stuff across state lines. And oh, by the way, new complicating factor, the Attorney General is saying, yeah, there are federal laws against this stuff. We're going to start enforcing them. What, if anything, is there for Georgia to do legislatively? You know, I think there's a huge thing we can do legislation uh, legislatively, uh, starting with some sort of decriminalization of it um, as far as it's still illegal um, I understand that there's no field sobriety test for it. That's a big issue, I think, with the public safety factor behind it. But the other day in Cartersville, did you hear about that? Mm, tell me. 70 people were arrested. The police officers found in a house party less than an ounce of marijuana. Nobody claimed it, and they arrested all 70 of them. Well, probably that, 69 people are going to see charges dismissed, but yeah, that's but a still, bit of a, yeah. some of them were in jail. Yeah. Some of them have lost their yeah. jobs. Some of them were high school football players. Yeah. I mean, this that's ridiculous to me because we are still a, a nation of innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And it's not up to the local police, this, whoever this police group was in, in Cartersville, to arrest 70 people when 69 of them didn't do anything that's that's bizarro to me and that should be that's a nonpartisan issue that we should be very afraid of no, that yeah. Well, that's one of those things. That, I mean, we, we see it now at, at every level of government. Somebody somewhere, got, I mentioned Alan Peake and his efforts with the cannabis oil treatment series. He's a guy who's still very much opposed to recreational use of marijuana. He's not going there, and I don't think legislatively anybody's going there. On the other hand, you've got, you've got these municipalities. Clarkston comes to mind where they, they've effectively done what you said, uh, reduce it to some sort of very small fine the possession right. less than an ounce is like a i don't know 50 dollars fine or whatever it is there's been talk of that here in athens it'll probably come up during the course of our mayor oil and commission contest sure. next year i keep saying this do whatever you want to do it's still against the law federally yeah it's still against the law federally i think that uh, in georgia i believe it's over an ounce of marijuana is a felony um, charge in the state we ought to just leave it alone for a little bit you know tell the police just quit Quit messing with it up to an ounce. I mean, you mm. want to you want to try to mess with a felony? Okay, you're going to mess with a felony. But the Cartersville situation speaks volumes to this issue, where they could have just written a ticket to somebody and walked away. And a and a true police officer would have just taken it and mm. then dumped it and yeah. said, "Y'all just go home. Well, the, 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 this the, party's too loud." The arrest right? of our two football players here driving back over to Atlanta. The, the, the small amount of marijuana in the car. We've all seen those photographs. Was it like less than uh, half of a uh, penny? Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. The small like, pictures. On, guys, now the argument really? is it was such a small quantity because they'd smoked the rest of it. But that's another discussion. Yeah. Well, let's that. let's work let's work on our our true crimes in this country. And you know, to that specific issue. The federal government is going to have to reclassify that. And, and, and whatever you think about marijuana, State Rep. Spencer Fry, I, for the record, I'm going to be the last guy in America who says legalize it for recreational purposes. That That's just my perspective. You and I can agree. I can agree with the, the biggest pothead in the world. The idea that we classify marijuana the same way we classify heroin, methamphetamine, is insane. 
It's a little it's ridiculous. Absurd. That's exactly It's a lot right. ridiculous. <laughs> so we can't study it. And what that means, that specific federal classification means you cannot study the medicinal benefits of it. You can't even experiment with it, you know. And so it's caused the states to um, make their own laws up about it. And I think it's time that we focus on stuff that's a little more important to the citizenry. If you look at these uh, surveys across the nation, that people are kind of tired of it. And mm. I think as this younger millennial group gets older, we're going to see that uh, attitude shift over time anyway. Right, quickly, uh, Spencer Fry, the reason we elect you and, and Jonathan Wallace and Deborah Gonzalez and Bill Calcert and Frank Ginn, the reason we elect you folks is to go to Atlanta, bring money back to Athens, specifically the University of Georgia, Athens. Tech. What, what's on the agenda there? Well, the University of Georgia has um, a couple of rehabilitation projects that they're looking at and want to finish out the... Uh, business school we've met with them a couple times on trying to see what their asks are um the university system in the state is uh you know constantly growing and we have a great great strong uh, secondary education system here and we really just try to keep it up and definitely with uga try to keep uga as the flagship university uh, school in the state and it's a pretty daggum strong school. You know, we met with those guys, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and they said their pre-early acceptance class had like 4.1 GPA. And I said, oh, time out. <laughs> <laughs> How do you have a 4.1 GPA? I mean, but these kids coming in yeah. are <clears throat> super smart, and they're they're doing great in school, and um, we should be really proud of our university. Going to the game Monday? I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, it's supposed to ice and snow up and everything yeah. it's the first day of session we actually got an email that said uh pay attention to um the news yeah and to see if we're even going to have session start wow at 10 I, yeah i don't know if it's icy on the road i leave the house at 5 30 in the morning yeah so with the president coming to the game all the rain Man, who knows what's going to happen Monday night. You know? Yeah, there is the possibility, by the way. I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't get too worked up about it until he gets here, but there is the chance of, of some freezing rain overnight Sunday into Monday. that could, at least potentially, as they're telling you, you know, keep an eye on it and see what that means for the legislative session. Quickly, I had a prediction on the game. I have no prediction. I just hope uh, Georgia wins. You know, they, They've been doing great this year. I'm really proud of the program and how they're working things out and uh, their tenacity in the past couple games where they've made really true shifts at halftime, which we yeah. haven't really seen in the past. And it's not like the other teams are giving up. It really is looks like some orchestrated changes in the offense and defense. So um, that's interesting to see. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Wish him the best. Spencer Fry, wish you the best for the session that starts on Monday. We think, again, keeping on the weather, but the legislative session schedule to start on Monday beneath the Gold Dome. And how many terms for you? Uh, this is the end of my third.